Hey, Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she has a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug here talking all things Disney. And Doug, we like to bash kind of going to the parks during the holiday season. You've been, I've been. It gets really crazy. You might only get one or two uh, rides in, it feels like. But it is a magical time. And so with that, we are bringing on a special guest tonight. That's right. We found somebody that has gone and survived Christmas at Disney World. And welcome to the show, Jake, who was just there a little over a week ago, having a good old time at the Magic Kingdom. So, Jake, tell me a little bit about the uh, pre-planning. Why did you decide to take a Christmas vacation to the most magical place on Earth? Well, you know, a lot of it kind of comes down to my wife as a teacher. And so she gets a week or two off around Christmas uh, I switched jobs, had a little uh, vacation time um, banked up, and so worked. Kids weren't in school, didn't have to worry about um, you know, having to pull them out for classes, homework, any makeup like that. And, you know, it was just kind of a, a long year, so we were looking for a break. And going to Disney is what we settled on. It's a good break. Yeah, it is. So how far in advance did you uh, make the decision to go over Christmas? You know, we have gone two times now, and both times our planning has started at about the 70-day mark and then kind of just scrambled to figure out what we we're going to do and and go with it. So we are not people that, you know, two and a half, three years ago decided – that Christmas is when we wanted to go. We just kind of looked at some pricing and availability and uh, and jumped at it. So I feel like most people would plan their Christmas vacation after a miserable Thanksgiving. That's that's kind of what some family does. To other you know, we, uh, we actually had it planned about a month before Thanksgiving, but we had to pay for it after Thanksgiving. So, I mean, does that count for, for part of it? A little bit. Yeah, sure. That's the that's the Christmas present for all the kids that year. And it certainly was. <laughs> for maybe the next couple of years. Well, speaking of your trip, uh, let's hear a little bit about where did you decide to stay? Well, we stayed at the Port Orleans Riverside. And we have some friends that have gone down and recommended it. When we went previously, that's where we stayed. And so... Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a creature of habit to find something I like and we just kind of stick with it. So I know there are plenty of other options there, but, you know, we like the rooms. We like the proximity um, to the different parks and the multiple transportation options. Yeah, it's one of our favorites um, mm-hmm. on this show. So really, out of all the moderates, it's a great one to choose. Did, uh, did you take care, advantage of any dining or anything at that resort or were you mostly just there to sleep 
No, we actually um, dine there quite a bit. We haven't ever actually done the the boat rights reservation sit down, but kind of the food court, um, you know, cafeteria area. We do quite a bit. We also take advantage of some of the snacks and just you know cheaper food items at the general store as a method to you know kind of get kids fed, get out the door quick. Well, one of the things we like about that resort is it does feel kind of empty at times. Uh, it's a little bit bigger, spaced out. With it being the holiday season, did you feel like there's a lot more people there? You know, when we went previously, it was in June. And, you know, it didn't seem that much different. We were there. We got in on Saturday the 23rd and came back on the 27th. And, I mean, so we were, you know, there on Christmas Day, you know, Christmas Eve the day after. And, you know, none of those were that crazy. Um, I mean, generally, we kind of ate at off times. You know, we weren't getting there right at noon. We pushed things back to where it was like at 2 o'clock. Or, you know, if we were leaving, we were trying to get out the door bright and early. And so I think that kind of helps with some of the the feeling and kind of the overwhelmness. The one area that did seem busier is we would do the boats over to Disney Springs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was the time where when we'd gone in the past, you know, we'd get on, we were the only ones riding, or there might be one other family. And, I mean, they were basically clear full as they were transporting around. Yeah, those boats are a nice advantage of that resort. How about your uh, room location? Like, how was it from the main building to the to the room? Did you have a long uh, hike? Did you have to drag your children along the way or anything like that? Well, we are, are fortunate in the standpoint that both kids are in elementary school and, and somewhat independent. So it's we were about uh, maybe a quarter mile, I'd say, kind of on the northwest kind of corner of that property. We were really close to the north bus depot, which was great for when we were actually leaving to go to the parks little bit of a walk when it came to like running back for food um, or running back to the store, you know, get to the boats. But for the most part, it was nice to have a little, little distance, a little separation too. All right. Well, speaking of busyness and getting to the parks, what kind of game plan did you guys have for uh, getting through the crowds to the parks? Hopefully with you listening to Rope Drop Radio, you chose to do some rope dropping. We did. Um, now, granted, we didn't do it consistently across the board. If we had done perfect planning, we would have kind of flipped our parks around and tried to take advantage of the the extra hour every day. But, um, you know, for the most part, Magic Kingdom was the one park we really wanted to hit um, hit hard. We wanted to go over to Epcot. Uh, we also did Hollywood Studios. But for those two, um, you know, little lighter days, didn't care if we didn't hit as many rides. For Magic Kingdom, uh, we went on Christmas Day, which was you know an hour early open at seven, and then stayed open till midnight. So at about six twenty or so, we were over uh, to catch a bus, you know that start running about forty five minutes ahead of time, and we got over to Magic Kingdom slightly after seven when they were open. At that time, they had a couple of the parks open. 
And so just from talking to Doug and Michelle you know, before the trip, uh, strategizing a little bit on what to use fast passes on, you know, what to, to just try to get there early and do, um, you know, we made a beeline straight for, um, you know, the mine train. And you know, by the time we got up there, 720-ish, it was about a 25-minute, half-hour wait, which wasn't terrible. Well, that's not bad at all. You know, got through that. You know, got a roller coaster done on Christmas Day, first thing, and then the trade-off for kind of subjecting my wife and kids to that right off the bat. Because, you know, honestly, that was kind of selfishly. I want to do a roller coaster. I'm not sure if we'll get another one done today. And so, you know, after I finished that, I went back down to Main Street USA and stood in line at Starbucks for about 40 minutes to get the coffee to offset that early decision. While my wife took the kids to do, you know, three other rides. And then after that, we met up and, you know, just kind of started working our way around. Um, you know, we had the app open. We're kind of constantly looking at wait times to see, you know, what's relatively short, you know, what we try to hit. So we got done with that. They got done with some of the rides, uh, Dumbo, um, the Teacups, Barnstormer. And there was only a 20-minute or so wait for you know, the race cars. So, you know, we hopped in, you know, did a little bit of wait for that, got that done, went over and did, you know, some other stuff along the, you know, kind of Tomorrowland side, you know, moved around. And then I'm trying to think what some of our fast passes were for the morning. We had the uh, Peter Pan experience was one. And this was all on Christmas Day, right? Yes, since it was all Christmas Day. All Christmas I mean, Day. our our theme for Christmas Day was get there early, you know, hit it hard. Um, and so, you know, we were, uh, our, our plan was, you know, get done in the morning. And so about noon was when the park started picking up. They started getting busy. They were doing the Christmas Day parade. So you know, we decided, you know, previously that, you know, it's Christmas Day. We'll find someplace. We did the dining plan. And so we picked the Rainforest Cafe over at Disney Springs to do lunch that day. And so we knew we needed about an hour and a half or so, or, or allocated about an hour and a half for uh, travel time to get from Magic Kingdom over to Disney Springs. Now, the one thing I didn't realize when we set this up was buses don't start running until 4 o'clock. Uh-huh. So we had to get from Magic Kingdom back to Port Orleans and then you know, take the boat over to Disney Springs. Um, but timing wise, especially with where the boat comes in, where Rainforest Cafe is, it was, um, you know, made the time, you know, no problem. But leaving at noon, they had the uh, kind of the side gates open back behind Main Street just because so much uh, traffic was flowing in, so many people were coming into the park. And, you know, we were leaving right at the point where they were shutting down Magic Kingdom. And aside from when we were, you know, getting ready to leave, getting up there around the parade area, the rest of the park didn't seem that bad. So, you know, how we kind of dealt with the crowds was, like I said, I mean, we got there early. We kind of picked some of the things we wanted to do, got those done. And then, you know, we go back, we, you know, ate lunch, went back to Port Orleans, you know, took the the afternoon off kind of let kids rest for a while because they were up early and then about 8 30 we went back to the park because we had you know another round of our fast passes for later in the day especially since they were open until midnight 
And, you know, at that point, we went back and did Thunder Mountain. We did uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, did the Jungle Cruise, uh, went over, did, um, you know, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train again, uh, went and did the Tomorrowland um, Astro Orbiter, uh, did the Buzz Ride a couple times, too. So, I mean, we ended up getting quite a bit done on Christmas Day just by, you know, going early, you know, having kids come back and rest and staying late that you can do more than just stand in line on Christmas day. That's impressive. Exactly. It's really and impressive. And thinking of some of the other things we did in the morning, we got over, we we're able to do, um, Aladdin's ride. We we're able to get some of our, you know, Dole whip, uh, half of the reason we booked the trip Smart. to go to. Just, yep, the well, yeah. This is for the Dole whip. <laughs> did you try the pineapple upside down cake by chance? You know, we looked at it. We decided to go with the floats though. Oh, that's, I mean, Still it's choice. hard to pass on the float to try something new. The float is solid, solid choice. So that's impressive. The key is definitely getting there early because a lot of the locals will still open presents and everything and then stroll into the park between 10 and 12. So that was a good move getting there right at rope drop and getting as much done. Uh, except that coffee line. I don't know about that. 45 minutes to wait for Starbucks. I guess if you need the negotiations, you do right. Yep, exactly. Was that uh, negotiations with your wife or with your children on that uh, one? With my wife. Okay. She's not a morning person, then I take it. Neither of us really are. Oh, I mean, if rope drop morning. was like nine thirty, and they'd stay up until two, I would be much happier with that that hour structure. Yeah, but so would everybody else, and then it's just not <laughs> as great, right? <laughs> 7 a.m. is really early and it's dark and chilly and yeah, but but oh, you can get so much done. Um, the, I want to hear about the night. You've talked all about the day. I want to hear about the uh, the stuff that you got to see. You were there, hopefully for fireworks and everything. Yeah, so we caught a little bit of the fireworks when we were coming back. Um, when when we got back, our um, our fast pass was for Thunder Mountain at nine something and so at that point lines had already died down for some of the other rides down in that portion of the park so that's when we were able to do pirates of the caribbean which was virtually a walk up and ride um you know the jungle book cruise was again virtually no wait we were able to do aladdin's magic carpet um with virtually no wait um Really, the only ride that we had done when we went previously that we didn't this time was the Little Mermaid kind of aerial ride, and the kids just didn't really seem interested, and so we just didn't, you know, head up to that area. Otherwise, we came back over. Um, we did the Astro Orbiter uh, at night, which is one of our favorite things to do, uh, with virtually no wait. Went back through, were able to do, um, you know, the Buzz uh, Toy Story ride over there again as well and honestly we think we probably could have got another one in but at that point we have kind of just wore ourselves into the ground and you know made our way out and we were leaving at midnight when you know they had the the simulated snow over main street as well which was neat to to witness yeah that is cool snow in florida as long as you don't stick your tongue out try to catch it that's the key well, looking Don't at some it. pictures from, from people that are there this week, um, they might be getting the real thing or a little closer. Yeah, it says yeah. they're to have like a flurry of snow at Disney World yeah. tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, 
that's one dangerous thing about Christmas is it could be 35, 40 degrees at in the like that 7 a.m. rope drop can be really cold. But you guys had some really good weather, I believe. We did. Didn't you? Yeah, we had, I think it was 81, 82 the day we flew in. I mean, we got in late, so we didn't get much of a chance to take advantage of that. Sunday was still in the upper 70s, low 80s, so that was the day we did Epcot. Um, and kind of deliberately, again, planned most of our Fast Passes events kind of early on. And then, you know, came back to the resort and, you know, we were able to go swimming on Christmas Eve, which... Um, compared to what the weather was here was was quite a bit nicer yeah so at the the crowd so magic kingdom we we got what you did there but uh so what things worked well at the other two parks um you did magic King, or epcot and hollywood studios so what uh type of stuff did you take advantage of there you know kind of the same idea for epcot we got there not quite as early i mean the park was open but um it was christmas eve didn't seem as busy um, you know, got in, kind of, again, looked at the wait lines or wait times, um, and just kind of went around. Our oldest is tall enough you can go on all the rides. Our youngest still is kind of height restricted on some. So some of the better rides we end up kind of steering away from. And some of it was just kind of walk around and get the, the experience. So we were able to do, you know, the, the traditional Epcot ball, um, you know, roller coaster. Uh, the flight simulator was probably, at least for day one, my daughter's favorite ride because she was convinced we actually took a spaceship uh, around the Earth mm. and landed it. Well, yeah, and I mean, space, yep. landed right exactly. in the same spot. And, and she was so excited that we were able to do that twice. Nice. Does she tell people she's been in space now? You know, uh, I will be curious. Uh, they go back to school on Thursday. What what we're going to hear her telling folks that we did for for Christmas break? Oh, yeah, around Earth. Yep. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Um, you didn't make your children watch you drink around the world or anything like that. I did not. We did uh, one of our we did meal plan, and so one of our sit down reservations was that night over at. Uh, Nine Dragons, which is kind of mm-hmm. right on the edge of um, you know, Chinese food, um, you know, Chinese area there. And um, you know, part of it was, again, when you do your trip planning kind of last minute over Christmas, some of the restaurants are already all booked up, so you can yeah. take what's available. Yeah. And so, you know, we went in. It was, it was good. Um, you know, we'd probably eat there again. Kids, not... Not as excited for it, um, but you know, good service. It was good food. It was actually surprisingly quick. For I mean, we got there I think about right when our reservation was for. We're seated almost immediately. Um, you know, got us through. We were able to uh, go and let my daughter again see Elsa and Anna as they have moved them from Magic Kingdom over to Epcot now, and so. You know, again, we had a later dinner reservation, so we went back. We were able to take some time at the resort and then go back to Epcot later in the day. And so it was another one where you know, we pushed clear towards the, the very end of the park closing. You know, saw you know, the fireworks as you know, we were getting in the bus to head back to you know, our, our rooms. So while you're at Hollywood Studios, did you have a meal there as well? 
Hollywood Studios, we did not. We just did some snacks. Okay. We went back to Disney Springs on that day, and we did um, we did Rainforest on Christmas. This was the day after Christmas. We did the Blues uh, Barbecue Restaurant down clear on the the bottom side of Disney oh, Springs. Oh, the House of, House House of, of Blues. Blues, yeah. And yeah, that that's... was actually um, probably one of our best meals when we were there. It's really good food. It's just a long ways over long there. Walk, yep. yeah. yeah, and I mean, some of kind of just things working out perfect. So, you know, we left the, the park to get back because we knew we had to take the boat. And we're kind of hustling to, to get down to the boat ramp. And we see one of the um, one of the boats leaving. And there's about six people in line. We're like, well, you know, we'll just wait for the next one right at that time. One of the, I think it must be like one of the fishing boat charters was coming around. And because they didn't have one lined up, we ended up you know, hopping on that boat. The driver you know, asked if you know people were heading place to go. And since we needed to go down to the House of Blues, which is, like you said, clear on the other side, you know, she took us down to you know that boat strip or that dock instead. Mm-hmm. So we were able to uh, not only ride on a boat that went about five times faster to get there but you also ended up essentially docking right where we needed to be so that is that is disney magic right there so yes exactly yeah so uh well you've said you've said a lot of good things about the trip and and you haven't really been to uh you're the opposite of what doug and i are with uh, getting cynical is there anything uh any negatives from the trips maybe the crowds or uh you know, some of the wait times, maybe getting back to the resorts uh, that definitely kind of felt like we're a little bit of a ding with the season you were in. You know, the only thing, only kind of ding, and it isn't necessarily really a Disney one, but more just kind of, you know, on myself for not thinking of this. My old job, I did a decent amount of traveling. And so I got the, the TSA pre-check and when we traveled with the kids of four. I already had that. And I think my wife just randomly was selected because they'll, you know, allot it to people. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to all go through pre-check this time. She didn't get that again. And I didn't mm-hmm. think to get it added for her. So leaving Omaha, Epley, pre-check, not pre-check, not a huge difference. The Orlando airport, yeah. pre-check, mm-hmm. not pre-check, uh, a pretty, pretty more significant uh-huh. difference. So that would definitely be one thing. Now, granted, if I had to, to do it all over again, we got there early enough it wasn't a huge issue, but if you're cutting it close, um, you know that potentially could have impacted the flat. Uh, excuse me, a flight time. So did we you did, just leave her with the kids and you go through pre-check and say, "I'll see you at the gate." Other way around. Um, oh. Turns out since I was I was pre-check, they we were the kind kids. enough to allow me to to take the kids. Um, a lot nicer than I am. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was really a choice. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we did when we went previously because we we're moving and doing some other things in florida we rented a car this time we did the magic express experience and having never done that before i decided you know well i'll i won't do the deliver to our rooms you know i'll stop and get our luggage off the, the carousel drag it with us you know in hindsight uh, I kind of wish that I would have just put the the tags on the luggage and let them deal with it because we flew southwest, which means you come in 
on you know one side of the airport you know go down and then baggage is like down level one and you have to come all the way back up go clear over to the other side and then come back down again to get to where magic express yeah. is so you're probably looking at about 45 minutes maybe an hour worth of time yeah. you know to do that um you know one thing we didn't have our room when we landed um it just showed as still pending so we had to call to actually find out where are we staying like do we actually have some place to stay and so that was you know a little bit unnerving when you're you're kind of landing and getting ready to go and not entirely sure where to go did you do but, the online check-in where you skip the front desk uh well thing? that's what we that's what we tried to do okay but, it wasn't telling us the room, so we actually had to call in. Once we talked to somebody, they told us what the room was. Then, yeah, we just once we got there, you know, I pulled out the, um, you know, pulled out the app, saw where it was on, you know, on the resort, and we, you know, wandered across. Um, one thing I will say with that, with kind of the, the cobblestone drive, I wish that we would have just done the, you know, bag service. And you know, gave a little gratuity for them to drive us over there because I ended up breaking one of the wheels off of one of my suitcases, which, you know, small price in the, the scheme of things. And then the other thing, when we flew back, their timing, we had an 11.25 flight. And so I think part of it was with just line security, everything else, they had us on the bus, you know, leaving to go back at 7.20, which... Um, which was early, considering kind of the, the running around we did. But it gave us ample time to explore all the, the intricacies of Orlando's airport. And, and how were the intricacies? Amazing? It, you... it really was breathtaking. Uh -huh. I mean, we were able to, <laughs> to enjoy uh, the delicacies of a McDonald's breakfast. Wonderful. I mean, That's, uh, there are worse airports to be stuck in for a little bit. They do have oh, very a couple Disney shops and the Universal shop that you can at least look at stuff. Yeah, well, so they... The one thing that'd be nice would be if half of those shops were behind security because mm -hmm. part of it was all these shops are kind of walking by and you're looking at the fact that the security line's basically spanning from, you know, one gate down to, you know, the other terminal for you know, kind of the, the walkthrough just to make sure you know you get in but you know in the scheme of things for traveling over the holidays we i say we did really well so would you plan to go back do you have your tickets booked already for next year you know we don't we're um kind of informally on a, a two and a half year cycle right now and so from walking around you know, Hollywood studio and you know what they've got coming you know at some point in 2019 with Star Wars the you know Toy Story piece at some point in, I guess that's 2018 now so some point this year when that opens you know if we keep the the two and a half year cycle you know end of end of 2019 maybe another you know Christmas right, break right trip then Star Wars opening exactly yeah. pending it doesn't move because you know they won't announce it till the month before yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, just for us planning, we'll probably just wait till they officially announce it, and then we'll decide to book. <laughs> so it works good for you. We're uh, we just made all our dining reservations for our July trip. So uh, Michelle got up at five a.m. to make them the day that you can. So it's kind of the opposite <laughs> yeah. way of planning, right? 
But then again, we have also never eaten at Nine Dragons or Rainforest Cafe. So, well, I'd say I, I yeah. think what Michelle does is actually, you know, plan the trip versus uh, I think we are more scramble for the trip. So, yeah, I, I mean, Nine Dragons is a perfectly good restaurant. It's just, uh, you know, six months in advance. There's some other amazing restaurants <laughs> open, right? Mm-hmm. So, all right, is that? Uh, I think that's that. Everything. Do it for yeah. the Christmas trip. I think I'm out of questions. I think I'm ready for the lightning round. He, he didn't say anything like we tried to lose a kid here or anything like that. He's, he's a lot nicer in his trip stories than I am about his children, isn't he? No one was thrown under the bus ever, either. Of Except for, you know, you waiting know, at Starbucks. For, for coffee, for, yeah. Yeah, that was the longest that was wait a negotiation, sounds like you had to do. Though. Yeah. Well, in the, in the scheme of things, that was a, uh, a trade-off that was well worth it. Got the uh, extra shot when we were in there. Yes. Got the day yeah. off on the right foot. There you go. See, the funny part is when my wife and I did that, it, it flipped. She waited in line for coffee, and I took the kids. So see that, yeah, like, yeah. Jake's Jake's pretty tall. He may not have fit on Dumbo, mm-hmm. so it was probably for the best. Well, and that is one thing because I wasn't there. My son had the opportunity to ride some rides all by himself. And that was quite uh, quite the crowning achievement for him. Mm, I bet. That was pretty exciting. So, no, all right. Are we Light- ready for the lightning, lightning round? Lightning round time, Doug. Okay. Jake, the way this works, we ask all our guests um, the first time they're ever on. Some lightning round questions. Just uh, answer with the first thing that uh, pops into your head. And we usually don't ask any follow-up questions. But if it's something kind of crazy or out there, well there will be questions or scrutiny one of the two. So it's your favorite right. Disney. So then, am I supposed uh, to answer for myself or can I uh, for, answer through the eyes of my children? Well, it's supposed to be for yourself, but if you want to say through your children, you can say, and also so-and-so go for it, whatever more the merrier. All right. Favorite Disney character. I'm going to go oh. with the uh, Scrooge McDuck with uh, DuckTales nice. coming back around. Ooh, I like it. That's an excellent one. All right. Favorite Disney movie. Well, I say I do like the Star Wars movies. Also, thinking of some of the the Pixar with the uh, the Toy Story yeah, franchise. Yeah, been a Disney much longer, so that's totally acceptable. Yes, feel free to Pixar it up. I will go with the we'll go with the Toy Stories. I enjoy those. All right, favorite Disney park. Uh, Magic Kingdom. Favorite modern attraction. You define modern however you see fit. Yeah, I like both of the uh, both of the Toy Story uh, rides between. Magic Kingdom and uh, over at Hollywood. Those are a good time. All right. Favorite classic attractions? I've got to go with the terrible uh, Epcot Planet Earth uh, roller coaster, if you can even call it that. I don't know that roller coaster is, is any <laughs> part quotes. of Spaceship Earth. Is that yeah. in the giant golf ball? Okay. Um, it is classic, though. As we travel through time. All right. Favorite Disney resort? Uh, yeah, for family, I, I enjoy Riverside. I traveled I down, was at uh, the Swan and Dolphin. It was nice for a conference, but I think that's where I'd want to come with the family if I had to choose. All right. Favorite Disney restaurant? Yeah, I've got to go with the, uh, I don't know if it's really necessarily Disney being over at, at Springs, but I enjoyed the uh, the House of Blues. Totally works. It's mm-hmm. on both coasts. House of Blues, I enjoy that. It's been a while since I've been there. All right. This one, there's a lot to choose from. Disney bucket list item that you or your family would like to do 
sometime down the road. At some point, and I, I don't know how often they're doing this, I know that they had like a little water ski camp, water ski uh, attraction there that you could do. I'd like to try to get out there for that. Yeah, they, that you can book that anytime, Jake. I probably wouldn't do it at Christmas, though. That's, cool. that's exactly. A little chilly. Yeah. Maybe busy, too. The Sammy Duvall water ski thing, yeah. So, excellent choice. And that concludes our lightning round, and uh, that wraps up the show, Derek. Yeah, well, thank you, Jake, for being a part of the show this week. Sounds like you had an amazing, magical time over Christmas. Maybe Doug and I will have to think about a future trip down there for the holidays. I Wait, still like my you? low. No, I like <laughs> my. Crowd. I like my low crowds where if I fall over, I hit pavement, not other people. So. Well, depending on where you're at in the park, you may still find pavement. That's true. That's true. All right, Jake. Well, you used Michelle McKnight. She's the sponsor of the show and does all of our trip planning, especially mostly for Doug. But you got to work with her. And uh, before we wrap up, what was your experience like with Michelle? Very helpful, and honestly, a lot of how we, um, you know, plan the trip, what we chose for fast passes versus, you know, just go and wait in line. Um, you know, this isn't ever that busy. Was you know as a result of conversations with Michelle. So a lot of why I think we had a, a positive experiences, you know, from her inside as well as Doug's too. Awesome. Well, if you are looking to book a Disney vacation, whether it be the Christmas season or any other time, we definitely highly recommend Michelle McKnight. You can find her email directly in the show notes. But Jake, I want to thank you for coming on to Rope Drop Radio and thank you for being a fan of the show. It's always good to have uh, our fans on and talk a little bit more about some of the times and things that Doug and I haven't experienced lately. That's right. No problem. All right. Well, That is all we have uh, time for today, so be sure to subscribe to our show on whatever you are listening to. Of course, go on to Facebook and Twitter and give us a like, and be sure to go back in time and to listen to past episodes. For Doug, I'm Derek. This has been Rope Drop Radio.